0: Bible here today I'm looking forward to preaching to you from Genesis chapter 48 Genesis chapter 48 today and I'm going to be preaching to you a message entitled the father's blessing the father's blessing in 2018 former president of the United States George H.W. Bush passed away at the age of 94 as his body lay in repose under the Capitol Rotunda, leading up to the elaborate funeral, his long list of achievements was rehearsed by the media. Few people have led a more vibrant and full life than the 41st president. Listen to this. For those of you that don't know, he was a fighter pilot in World War II. And in 1944, his plane was shot down by the Japanese Bush successfully bailed out from the aircraft and was rescued later by the Navy. His survival, after such a close brush with death, shaped him profoundly. In fact, he said in his autobiography that as he was rescued, he wondered, for what purpose did God spare my life? Not only was he a war hero, but Bush served as a U.S. congressman. He was appointed as a U.S. ambassador by Nixon. He served as the director of the CIA. He was vice president for two terms under Reagan and president once for one term from 1988 to 1992. In one of the last interviews that President Bush Sr. gave, a reporter asked him, Sir, what do you consider to be your greatest accomplishment? Bush didn't mention anything about his impressive resume, but here's what he answered. Quote, he said, the fact that all my children still come home to visit me. And that story, I think, is a powerful reminder to every father that when the dust of a busy life settles down and we come to the last miles of our earthly journey, what matters most is faith and family. Not how many times... Uh, you were salesman of the year for the company not how many trophies you have sitting on the shelf that are collecting dust not even the inheritance that you may leave behind but did you point your kids in the direction of Jesus Christ and did you leave for them a spiritual legacy the sad reality though is that we are living in a culture that has waged an all-out war against the family with fathers and men in the crosshairs of a radical left and feminist agenda. Let me give you an example. Gloria Steinem, who has been a key figure in the feminist movement, coined a tagline years ago. She said, quote, A woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. And the message is basically this, that men are unnecessary, and we'll take it even one step further, that Men hold women down. That's the message of the culture. A few years ago, the New York Times featured an article by a psychotherapist named Jane Matz. The title of the article was this: quote "Fathers can be valuable, but not indispensable." She actually founded an organization called Single Mothers by Choice, and here's what Matz wrote in the article women who can provide a sufficient income to support a family are learning, it is no longer necessary for them to marry a man to raise a child. In other words, you don't need a man. Fathers are, ah, take them or leave them. We don't really need them more in our modern age. You know what the result of this is? That the value of the family has been demeaned that marriage has been eroded and that men have become secondary yes maybe even hated in our culture because we hear a term today called toxic masculinity this year the newsweek carried a story here was the headline millennials and gen z putting off having kids the article reported that according to research listen to this More than 50% of Gen Z and millennials say they don't want kids. 54% of the upcoming generation. We don't want a family. We don't want children. The result of that is, listen to this, that the birth rate in the U.S. is the lowest it has ever been. With deaths exceeding births in 25 out of the 50 states. Friend, that's not good for society. China tried that with the one baby policy and look at where it landed them. And now, the same Marxist ideology has crept into our society and we're going down the same road. Here were the reasons that were given by those polled for why they did not want kids. Listen to these reasons. Children are too expensive to raise. Now, Paul's there. Can I get a witness? Yes, children are expensive. (laughs) There's no way around it. I tell Caitlin all the time... This is why we can't have nice things. There's no need in buying a new couch. There's no need in replacing that or this because it's just going to get destroyed. Which is fine. You can have stuff or you can have kids, but you can't have both. just a reality. They say children are too expensive. The second reason why they don't want children, the world is too depressing. Why would we want to bring a child into a world of such pain and suffering and death? Aren't you glad that your parents didn't have that gloom and doom worldview? And then the last reason? We want our freedom. And children will get in the way. You know what that is? Selfishness. Now, the Bible opposes all of this hogwash. In Psalm 127, we read that children are a heritage from the Lord, and blessed is the man whose quiver is full with them. And isn't it just like Satan to take one of God's great blessings, which is fatherhood and family, and convince the world that what God meant to be a blessing is actually a curse. And that's how Satan has so twisted the thinking of young people and today's generation. Well, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 21, and in Genesis 48, we're going to read this morning about one of the last acts of the godly patriarch Jacob. And here's what Hebrews 11 and verse 21 says about Jacob's last act. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. Now, especially in the Old Testament... There was no greater honor that could be bestowed on a child and no greater joy that a father could experience than to pronounce a blessing over the family. And that's the moment that we arrive at in Genesis 48 and what Hebrews 11:21 21 is referencing. Now, what is a biblical blessing? Well, you can summarize it by noting these three things. A biblical blessing is first about possession. In a biblical blessing, the father would pass on an inheritance to the children. And then it wasn't not only about possession, it was also about position. In the blessing of the father, the father would affirm the children and then pass on the mantle of leadership to the next generation, basically saying, now you are the leaders of the family in the future. It's with you now. And then, not only possession and position, but thirdly, promise. Oftentimes, in a father's blessing in the Old Testament, a father would declare a prophecy about the future or the destiny that their children were to live. So in today's message, I'm going to take inspiration from this Old Testament idea of the father's blessing, and we're going to apply it into our modern context. And I want to talk to you this morning, dads, four ways that a dad can figuratively lay hands on his kids and bless them. You want to be a blessing to your children, dads? Here's four things we learned from the example of Jacob. Number one is this. Fathers bless kids with their presence, Not presents as in Christmas or birthday under the tree, but presence. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Let's read together Genesis 48, the first five verses. After this, Joseph was told, Behold, your father is ill. And so he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And it was told to Jacob, Your son Joseph has come to you. Then Israel summoned his strength and sat up in bed, And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you. And I will make you a a company of people and will give you this land to your offspring. And for you an everlasting possession. Verse 5, And now your two sons which were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine, as Reuben and Simeon are. Now let's get a little bit of background into this passage. Scholars estimate that at this moment, Joseph has been estranged from his father Jacob for approximately 23 years. And I don't have time to fill in all the detail of how that happened, but the last time that Jacob saw Joseph, he was just a 17-year-old kid. And now Joseph is a father, and he has spent his whole adult life in Egypt, and now he's risen to the office of prime minister. Jacob, for so many years, has believed that his beloved son, Joseph, was dead. But now he's alive, and the father and son are reunited at the end of Jacob's life just before he is about to pass away at the ripe old age of 147 years old. And Jacob's last act is to meet his grandsons, Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and offer them a fatherly blessing. Now, the application that I draw from this text is this. Fathers can bless their children with their presence. You know, the most basic way a father can have a positive impact on their kids is to be involved and present in their lives. It's been said that the way a dad spells love to his kids is T-I-M-E, time. A father's presence in the home, listen to this, gives identity to boys and security to girls. When a father is present in the home, a boy and a girl see God's design for man and woman Boys are given their male identity from watching the modeling of their father. And girls are raised up in a loving, positive environment where they see what a real man is all about and they understand I'm secure in dad's love and so I don't have to go looking for love in all the wrong places. Children without caring dads, do you understand what the ramifications are of that? We're living in it right now. Children without caring dads spend their whole lives searching for a sense of identity and self-worth. Do You know that if you take dad out of the home, you handicap the child for the rest of their life. Some of you were raised in a single mom household. In my hat, I tip to all the single moms who are doing it. We do have some single dads. But the point is this that we need dads today. We we need the nuclear family. We need one man and one woman because the research is pretty conclusive on this. Even the secularists say, when you take dad out of the equation, the child may make it through to adulthood and manage well, but they face handicap and identity problems. Listen to what comes from this. The research shows that when dad isn't present, kids are four times greater risk of poverty. That makes sense because you just got one breadwinner. Girls are seven times more likely to get pregnant as a teen when dad's not involved. Boys, listen to this, are 33 times more likely to abuse drugs when there's no father figure. And they are 20 times more likely to end up in prison. People want to know, what is wrong with America? Why is America so sick? Why are we unraveling at the seams? It's because we have a culture who has beat the drum for so many years that we don't need dad uh, and, and that we can destroy the family and redefine the gender roles and somehow we'll be the exception. Don't work that way, friends. James Merritt, great Bible teacher, he said in one of his books, What God Wants Every Dad to Know, he said this, Fatherlessness is the most harmful demographic trend in modern America. It's the cause behind our most urgent social problems from crime to teen pregnancy to suicide. He said the most endangered species in the U.S. is not the spotted owl or the snail daughter, but the responsible father. Wow. You say, well, how many of these kids are there in our country that are living in a single parent home where no dad, according to our U.S. Census Bureau, 18.4 million children, that's one in every four kids in America, have no biological step or adoptive father in their home. And you say, well, how many kids is that? That's enough children to fill New York City twice or Los Angeles four times over. And no nation can survive that way for very long, friend. I'm going to show my age here today, but uh, when I was growing up, there was a form of music that was very popular in middle school and high school. It was called gangster rap. No, I didn't wear my pants down here. If I would have done that and come home like that, there would have been a meeting at the woodshed. You're not leaving the house looking like that. And by the way, we need some men with some common sense who will tell a young man, wear a belt. Pull your pants up. Look like somebody. Amen? But when I was growing up, one of the big names in gangster rap was the name Tupac Shakur. He was known for a violent brand of gangster rap. He was gunned down in 1996. He lived that lifestyle. He died in that lifestyle. Listen to what he said. He said, I never knew my real father. I know for a fact that if I'd had a father, I'd have some discipline and more confidence. Your mother can calm you down and reassure you, but you need a man to teach you how to be a man. This is why we have gangs. This is why we have crime. This is why we have disrespect. This is why we have lawlessness. This is why we have an entitled generation of snowflakes on university campuses demanding, give me my free stuff, because dad is not in the picture to teach them, to show them, and to help them. You see, listen to me, Dad. There's, those kids are only kids for a brief window of time. And then you know what happens? The ball games are over. Piano recitals are done. There's no more award ceremonies to go to. Dads, don't miss the opportunity to bless your children by simply being there. Being involved in their life. Gather them around the dinner table and have an old-fashioned family dinner as many times as you can. I'm talking about Andy Griffith style. Sit down and talk to your kids. Ask them, what did you learn in school today? What's going on in your life? Let's say the blessing, children. Doesn't mommy look beautiful today? Thank God for this wonderful food that he's given us today. Dads, don't miss the opportunity to teach them how to change a flat tire. Take them fishing and show them how to bait a hook. Be the number one cheerleader on the sidelines at the ball field. Be involved in their lives. Listen, strong, godly fathers are needed today more than ever. And the rewards of time spent with your kids will pay dividends For the rest of your life, like President Bush said, my greatest accomplishment is that my kids still want to be involved and come around and see me. Amen? Let me show you a picture. Can we? Yes, look at this picture right here. This is a picture of the FRW van. Furniture repair works. This is my dad's 2000 Ford E-150 work van. You know how many miles this thing had on it when it died? had over 350,000, 373,000 miles on this van. If you're not a Ford person, I don't know what what are you looking for. Come on now. Most people wouldn't drive a van that long. i show you this picture. You know why? Because me and Dad had some great times riding around in this van right here. I was probably in the van for half of the miles that Dad logged. And I'd go with him. I'd tag along with him on his work, going to job to job to do deliveries or to do repairs or to go pick up something. Dad, how many times did I fall asleep in the cab of that van? And he, I'd wake up and he'd say, let me tell you about what happened over the past hour, son. We had so many hamburgers and sausage biscuits and good times deep conversations the older I got the more we talked about spiritual things and the Bible and we'd think about Bible prophecy and Bible characters and 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 friend there were some seasons when it didn't have a heat that was a cold ride there were many summers it didn't have air conditioning well just roll the windows down It's a 255 model, two windows down at 55 miles an hour. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? I wouldn't trade anything for the time that I got to spend with Dad in the old FRW van. And I kept this picture on my phone. And every once in a while I'll scroll through and I'll see that and I'll think, God, I had a great dad. I I got to spend time with my dad learning and Cutting up and laughing, and Daniel wanted this van. In fact, Daniel wanted this van so bad that when he saw the... He got to ride in it a couple of times before the transmission gave out. He built a Lego model of it. And he's got a Lego model sitting on his shelf at home. I don't know what it is about the van. But it was like a rite of passage. Listen to me. Fathers can bless their children by their presence just be involved just let them know you care number two notice this fathers bless kids with their positivity fathers bless kids with their positivity Uh, we're gonna jump down to verse 8 in Genesis notice this when Israel saw Joseph's sons he said who are these Joseph said to his father they are my sons whom God has given me here And he said, Bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. And now the eyes of Israel were dim with age, so that he could not see. So Joseph brought them near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. Oh, I love that, don't you? And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face. And behold, God has let me see your offspring also. What a tender scene now as Jacob with blurry vision meets his grandsons for the first time. Jacob, we already noticed in verse 5, he has affirmed Joseph's grandsons as legitimate heirs. They will receive the covenant blessing. But notice also this, verse 10, he wrapped them up in his arms and he put a big, wet, papaw kiss on their Cheeks. Isn't that awesome? I love that. This would have been an unforgettable moment for Ephraim and Manasseh because for all their lives they had only heard stories about Jacob from their dad Joseph. Now they got to meet him and he lavished them with positivity. You know what we can take away from this, dads? Don't ever underestimate, dad, the power of a father's acceptance and affirmation and love the heart of every child craves it they want to be loved and affirmed and accepted by dad. let me tell you something every little boy wants to hear from their daddy I'm proud of you son I'm glad God gave me you I'm glad I get to raise you up and go to your ball games and put together Legos and 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 have Slam fights and and wrestling match before bed And get all riled up And mommy gets upset about that When we wrestle before it's bedtime But you know, that's the dad's right Every girl needs to hear from their dad You're daddy's little girl You're the most beautiful creature I've ever seen I will always love you I don't care how old your kids are Dads, listen even if they're snotty-nosed, ungrateful teenagers. Wrap them up and hug them. Kiss them. Embarrass them with your positivity and your love. Because, listen to me. There are so many in church today and damaged men I have met down through life who never got this. And they grew up with a giant hole in their heart. They may have been a grown man on the outside, but on the inside, they were broken because Dad never said, I love you. Because Dad never accepted them or affirmed them. What's wrong with us? Dads, we got to get over this stuff about being tough and not showing emotion. And we got to wrap those babies up and love them. They're God's gift. I was sitting at my desk preparing this message the other day, and God reminded me of something that my daddy did for me. I'll never forget this, Dad. Many times I'd go out with Dad, and he'd introduce me to the people we were doing the work for, and he'd say, so-and-so, I want you to meet my son, Derek. And then he'd say this, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. I realized later when I got older, my daddy was pronouncing the Father's blessing over the Son at his baptism in Matthew chapter 3. Do you know what that does for the heart of a young man? Listen to who my dad said I am. I know who I am. I know I'm loved. I know I'm secure. I know I'm courageous. Because my daddy said so. It means something, church. Some of you struggle with this. I know you struggle with it. Because although you had a dad and he was present in the home, he was from that generation where they, they just didn't say, I love you. My papa was like that. He was of that generation, hard on the outside, grew up during the Great Depression. The best you could get out of him was I'm proud of all you kids. He never said, I love you. You know that he did, but he just couldn't, for whatever reason, they just didn't verbalize it. And we've got this tough man ideology that's driven into so many men that men aren't emotional. Men don't hug their kids. Men don't kiss their kids. Men don't cry. That's hogwash. Maybe growing up, you were one of those kids, all you heard was criticism. All you heard was comparison with other siblings. Why can't you be like your brother or your sister? You never heard a compliment. You never heard, I love you. And you know what? That's a good way to put a child on a therapist's couch one day as an adult. Because if it's a boy, they grow up to be a man who struggles with inferiority complex. And women do it too. And that child will constantly try to win the approval of their father and never know if they had done enough To earn dad's blessing. Praise God, I'm here today to tell you that if your dad failed you in that regard, you have a heavenly father who looks over you with a heart of unconditional love and says, I am your heavenly father. I love you with an everlasting love. I proved my love for you when I went to send my son to die on an old rugged cross. Dads bless their kids with positivity. Don't forget the power of words. Our words, dad, can shatter their little souls or they can give that child confidence to go out and take on the world. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: death and life are in the power of the tongue. Ephesians 6, 4, Paul says, And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. What does that mean? In other words, dads, don't frustrate your kids by setting for them a bar that they can't reach, and then beat them down when they can't reach it. Right? Don't frustrate them with overbearing, domineering, harsh discipline. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. A few years ago, in a 21-year-old college student at ETSU named Bailey Sellers posted a picture of a flower arrangement and a message on Twitter, and it went viral. Here was what the headline said dad's final love letter to daughter on twenty first birthday goes viral here's what happened Bailey's dad Michael Sellers pictured it here died of pancreatic cancer when the girl was just sixteen years old but before he passed Mr. Sellers had arranged for flowers and a handwritten birthday card to be delivered to her every year on her birthday until she was twenty one You talk about a Hall of Fame dad. The final card she received on her 21st birthday said this, This is my last love letter to you until we meet again. I don't want you to shed another tear for me, baby girl, for I am in a better place. Know this, that you will always be the most precious jewel I was ever given. That's positivity. You think that that girl's going to carry those words with her the rest of her life? I guarantee you it will. Dads, listen to me, bless your kids verbally and publicly and regularly. Praise them. Build your kids up. Catch them doing something right. Encourage them. Compliment them. Because your positive words will shape them and lift them into the heavens. So, dads bless their kids with their presence. Dads bless their kids with positivity. Number three, Fathers bless kids with their protection. With their protection. Think about this. Ephraim and Manasseh stood at the bedside of Jacob and their dads there. They are strengthened as they look to either side and they see these pillars of faith. Jacob, now aged and bedridden. Joseph, the dad that raised them. And these two men will be the pillars that strengthen them and guide them and have for so many years protected them as they now move into manhood. You know, it's important for men to reclaim this. Listen to me men are protectors, it's not ta- toxic masculinity. It's the nature that God has woven into the heart of every man to want to protect what is weak and vulnerable and what has been entrusted into his care. Amen? James Dobson said this, he said, written into the DNA of every man is the role of protector and defender. Dad is there to shield his family from the harmful attacks of the outside world. A father is there to defend the honor of his wife and vulnerable daughter who might fall prey to an evil man who might take advantage of them. Dads are God's warriors in the family to teach their sons to be strong, honorable, stand up for what is right, and show them how to respect females. Each member of the family should feel more secure because dad is there standing watch. I love that. That charges me up. I saw an image the other day. I can't remember who put it on social media, but it so struck me, I said, I've got to use this for the Father's Day message. Here's the picture. It's a father. Notice this. He's kneeling over his baby son. He's got the shield protecting his child. He's handing him a, or teaching him from the Word of God. Look at the arrows that the dad has took in his back. Look at the arrows in the shield. Uh, this is the idea of the protector daddy. That I'm here to rescue. I'm here to be your guide. I'm here for you when the world is against you. Dads, listen to me. Can I get on a soapbox for just a minute? Dads, this is needed today, now more than ever, because if you haven't noticed, our culture is getting darker, and more twisted, and more sinful, and evil, and we need dads who will protect their daughters and stand up and say, you're not leaving the house dressed like that. I know how these predators think. Honey, you're trying to draw the wrong kind of attention. Let me try and protect you from something that you don't see coming down the road. Uh, We need dads who will grab up their sons and say, hey, you're not watching that garbage in my house. Let's turn that filth off. Let me... Show you something from the Word of God that will guide you. Hey, son, we're not playing those kind of games in my house. Uh, We're going to serve the Lord. Yes, we're going to have fun. But there's going to be discipline and protection and limits and boundaries. Not because I'm a killjoy. Not because I'm on your case. Because I love you enough to say I care about your life. We need dads. Listen. We need dads who's going to stand up against the encroaching darkness in America and say, you're not teaching that trash to my kids. You cannot have my family. I want this stuff out. We're serving God. Where's the protector that is today? It's time for some God-fearing, spirit-filled fathers with some backbone who'll stand up to confront the forces of evil that are trying to destroy this nation who say, I'm not going along with the culture. The message doesn't compute with me. You better take that somewhere else because I wasn't raised that way. That's not the God that I serve. I'm not bowing to your pride golden calf I'm not letting you brainwash and take control of my children that's my right to teach them that's my responsibility and my privilege to guide them and dad if you don't do it Satan will gladly do it amen we need some men who will say I'm standing up I'm the protector of this house over the education of my children over the raising of my children Not today, Satan! Not as long as you've called me to be the priest of this home. Somebody say amen in the house of God. That ain't culturally accepted, I know. But it's biblical. Listen to me. I heard a story the other day about a mother. True story. Mother who took her kids to the park. This is how wicked our world is. We're not in Kansas anymore, people. Mother took her kids to the park. Well, a little girl had to go to the bathroom. This was a public park. Woman went in the women's bathroom. Opened up one of the stalls. There's a man sitting inside the stall in a public women's restroom. I don't think I have to fill in the gaps for you for you to understand what he was doing in there. He was waiting for some prey to come along. Huh? And they want us to believe they're not coming after our children. Why don't they ever do their gay pride book readings at old folks' home? Why are they always gathered around the kids? Huh? Where's the protector dads at? Yeah, I'm fired up about it. Because I'm a dad now. And these are mine. And I understand the devil's here to steal, kill, and destroy. And the challenge of raising kids today in an increasingly godless culture is only going to get more difficult, Dad. Right? The the parents today, me as a parent today, I'm having to fight battles that my parents never even dreamed of having to fight. And you know what? God's telling me through that, you can't do it alone. You need me. You need prayer. You need the church. You need strength. You need wisdom from other parents and men who have gone before you. Amen? And you know what? Let me just go ahead and say this while I'm editing got Everybody all offended anyway. You know how we're going to stop this trans stuff? All this trans garbage Let's have a revival of masculinity. I'm talking about true grit between the fingernails. Men. Men of God who pray. Men of God who worship. Men of God who have... Everything to do with the church and say, I'm getting in that church. I'm serving. I'm submitting. I'm giving my, oh, I'm raising my kids different. I'm breaking the chains of the past. I don't have to repeat the mistakes of my father. There's grace now. There's power now. I can do this with God's help because He says, I'm one of His. I'm a soldier of the cross. You want to defeat this trans stuff? Let's get some godly praying men who'll stand against. Because if you have true manhood, all this trans stuff is going to wither away. Because when they see what a real man is about and a real woman about, we won't be asking these dumb questions. Well, how many genders are there? There's still only two. And something else while I'm on this, The fact today is that the kids today have the highest rates of suicide, the highest rates of depression, the highest rates of anxiety. These kids today have the most mental health issues of any generation that's ever come up. And they're the most medicated... Childhood generation of all time, let me tell you the last thing that our kids need is an answer from Big Pharma because they can't fix your kid. The school system can't fix your kid or your family. You know what kids today need They need real hope. Kids today need a dad who get their little faces out of those screens, teach them real life skills. Fill them up with the gospel of Jesus Christ and point them to Jesus and say, Child, there's your hope, there's your peace, there's your answer. Amen. Number four, of this. How do fathers bless their kids? With their prayers. Fathers bless their kids with their prayers. Verse 14. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim who was the younger and his left hand on the hand of Manasseh crossing his hands for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said the God who before my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who's been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil bless the boys. And in them let My name be carried on in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. You notice here Jacob's prayer over these boys is part prayer and part prophecy. And in giving his blessing, Jacob actually takes the inheritance away from his firstborn Reuben and he gives the blessing to Joseph's two boys which will be split to them. Because of Reuben's shameful sin, he caused him to lose his birthright. And now, since that's been lost, he's taken it and he's given it to Joseph's sons. And Jacob's prayer would actually come true. These two tribes would be the most populous of all the twelve. Notice here that Jacob looked back over his lifetime of walking with God. And he said, carry my name forward. Serve the God of Abraham and Isaac and granddad. Take the baton of faith, boys. This is a legacy moment of passing it on to another generation. Here's the application, and I'm almost done. Dad's the greatest way you can bless your kids is by looking ahead and praying over their future. Let your kids catch you in your quiet time. Let your kids catch you praying. Let your kids catch you with an open Bible seeking the wisdom of God for how you can lead your family. Pray for their day of salvation if they haven't yet been born again. Pray, Dad, for their future spouse because their child may have to write an essay one day in order to get into a family. Pray that your kid will have a vision statement for their life and that you will help cultivate that and call that out of the child, understand their nature. Hey, God may make something great out of you. You may be... Daniel says he wants to be a trash man. Well, we're just putting gas on that fire. God may raise you up be the greatest trash man the world's ever seen and pick up that trash to the glory of God. God may make out of you a great teacher or a great preacher. God may make out of you a great housewife. Or God may make out of you a plumber or an electrician. Hey, you don't want to go to college. I understand that's not for you. But God can do something great with your life, son or daughter. And dad, you begin to cultivate that. And you reach out into their future. And you call out those blessings so that they just walk into it. Because they've been prayed over. Amen? Dad was tucking his boy into bed one night. He coached his son in his prayers. He said, son, let's get in bed. Let's say your prayers. Well, the son meandered around in his prayer. Thank you, God, for mom and dad. Thank you for my dog. Thank you for my pancakes this morning. You know how kids pray. And then he got to the end of his prayer and he said, Oh, and God, make me just like my daddy. Dad choked back some tears, said, Amen, son. Kissed his head, closed the door, went into the living room and fell before God. And Dad prayed, God, make me the kind of man that my son thinks I am. How about it, dads? Are you burdened for your kids today? Do you need a fresh vision for your family? Are you a young dad wondering, how do I do this? It begins, if you don't know Christ, you need to repent of your sin. Come to an old-fashioned cross. Plead the blood of Jesus. Be saved and born again. And you will find the Heavenly Father will wrap you up into His forever family And God can do amazing things for you, Dad.